that nugget right there, that's where my fear is. And that nugget over there, that's where my strength is. So how can I use this strength to help, you know, bolster this fear and get rid of this fear? It really opened up like very clearly where I had my strengths, where I had my challenges and what I could work on for me. everybody. Welcome back to Founder Vision with Clearview. Today, I'm speaking with Lorian Clemens. She is the now CEO of PetHub. How are you doing, Lorian? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Brett? Doing great. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just before this, uh, just before we started recording, you had mentioned that you just had a title shift at your company. Tell me more about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the shift is as of July 1. Um, of this year, just a couple days ago. Uh, my co-founder or the founder of the company, Tom Arnold, who has been acting as the CEO and CTO of the company since 2010, um, has handed the reins of CEO over to me so he can fully focus on the CTO stuff. Uh, and the bottom line is, is, you know, we, uh, are big believers in once you have the right people in the bus, uh, they're not always in the right seat. And so getting people in the right seat to really be doing what is, best suited for their talents is, is critically important for the success of the company. And it became abundantly clear as we continue to grow that the direction that we are going for doing the CEO, the day-to-day -day running of the company, making sure that, you know, all the teams are working um, with each other on our vision and, and making things happen, that Tom really needed to be able to fully focus on the development of the new of the software platform that we're continuing to expand upon. And then I was better suited for helping lead the sales and marketing and then just the overall direction of the company. So we decided this makes sense to do this shift. And so um, we did it, it. The funny thing is, is that internally everyone on the team knows the roles we're playing aren't that different. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm still basically doing the same work that I was doing a week ago. Um, there are a few shifts, a uh, few little differences, but not really many, but it's more about how we're putting ourselves out there and we're, we're talking to strategic partners or investors or you know folks that we're working with externally. The conversations tend to be a little bit different when you're talking to CEO than when you're talking to a CEO or a CTO. And mm -hmm. we just needed to be able to make that make sense for moving forward. Yeah, it's fascinating. We we actually just went through a very similar shift, and uh, I, I'm also aware that you are like a husband and wife team. Is that right? We are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. So a little bit, a little yeah. bit about like what just happened in in Clearview is uh, a partner of mine for ten years. Um, we're not romantically together, but we are still best friends. Uh, she just, I just made her the CEO of Clearview, and I'm stepping back to be just, you know, a founder, investor, board member, and take more time to do things like this podcast and networking. And it was a similar thing. Like the roles had already shifted. She's living in <laughs> the UK in a time zone that's much closer to most of our team and most closer to most of the action. And I'm living in Hawaii, which is the worst time zone for all of our team to be really trying to like coordinate with, but it's great for me to be on the, you know, on calls with people in the Pacific Northwest or Bay area or whatever. But yeah, this, this, this shift has been a long time coming. And once we just switched titles internally, it made very little difference at all. Everyone's just like, okay, great. Now we're calling it what it is. And then externally, it's just now we can present each other as 
like people will know what to expect and how they like, exactly who to talk to about what. Yeah, it's, it's that's exactly what happened internally with us too. I mean, it's that we've actually been this shift has been happening for about two years now. I mean, we really started talking about it like, hmm, we should maybe make this title change. It's really just a title change, not a function or, or responsibility change. There are a few things that I'm going to be doing now that I wasn't doing before. And it's really, truly get those last things off Tom's plate so he mm-hmm. can fully focus. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, uh, talking with investors and, and going through a fundraise and doing that kind of face-to-face stuff that you do that you need to be able to do with investors that needs to come off of his place so he can fully work on what we're doing with technology um and and then for me too it some folks would always say well i'd like to talk to your ceo even though what they were going to need to talk to me about Uh, was what i do on the day-to-day basis so it's it's really just i think a mind shift for some of the people that we're talking to about that title Uh, means a lot and to us internally like you said didn't mean anything to our team internally like okay awesome so Let's keep on moving forward with what we're doing. Yeah, that's it sounds so very similar in so many ways to what we've been experiencing. So we haven't gotten yet into what Pet Hub is. Give me like a 30 second yeah. elevator pitch about what you guys are doing. So Pet Hub is a centralized data platform to help you meet all the needs of your pet's life throughout their lifetime. Um, we built it on a mission of protect, share, and nurture. So it's three service buckets. We started off with our first application, which was protect, which is all about helping lost pets get home. So we use the data that people come and put on our website about their pets to facilitate multiple lost pet recovery tools to help them get home very quickly. And we can go into that later if you want to about how successful that's been. Hmm. Now we're currently building the share and nurture parts of our platform, which are all about being able to quickly, safely share that data, your pet's data with products and services that you want to connect with and interact with. So you can keep all the data succinct and current and in one place. And then also we, our nurture platform will provide recommendations that are curated just for you and for your pet for all aspects of your pet's life from trusted industry resources. Wow. Fascinating. What are, what are some of the integrations that you might share this information with and how would you benefit from it as a pet owner? Let me, let me give you an example. Cause this, this, that's a great question. That's actually literally what we're building right now. So what we're building right now, for example, are integrations with pet insurance. So imagine that you are a brand new pet parent. You don't know much at all about, you know, the whole aspects of owning a pet and dealing with the daily life of a pet. And you've heard about pet insurance, but you're not really sure what it's all about. So through our integrations with pet parent, with pet insurance, you'll not only be able to learn about pet insurance, learn what, parts of pet insurance are going to be applicable to you in your life, what the best fit for you is, but you'll also be able to get an instant quote and instantly sign up for pet insurance through our site, which that frankly exists out there in other places. But then beyond that, you'll be able to keep that information up to date and connected with your pet's identification platform. So let's say, for example, your pet goes gets, goes missing and unfortunately gets injured while they're missing. Through our platform, Whoever finds them, if they need to take them to the emergency vet, they'll be able to instantly connect that with your pet insurance so that they can get instant care. There's no issues about worrying about, you know, who's going to pay for this. They know that you're connected to this pet insurance and it'll be instantaneous with that record exchange in a safe way for your you and your information. Yeah, well, that sounds that does sound very useful. So it's kind of like a digital identity sort of solution for pets. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it all stays in one place. So that's why we named ourselves Pet Hub. So that it can be that central place that you're just operating all the different communi- connections that you have 
with products and services across your pet's life. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, and that's just a, that's just the start of it. I mean, it's also going to be connections with telehealth, connections with your veterinarian, connections with the best nutrition and keeping up to date on all of that. All these different opportunities that that we can share with you as a pet parent and keep it the latest, greatest, best practices for your pet, so you're not having to constantly dig through, you know, the internet to figure out what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, that sounds very useful. And I, I'm noticing that it's July. Uh, and isn't it some kind of pet loss prevention awareness month or something like that? Yeah, exactly. So it's lost pet prevention month. Uh, we actually started lost pet prevention month back in 2014. And that stemmed from a conversation. Well, it's actually a repeated conversation, but one particular conversation that I was having with somebody that was in the industry. And she was trying to get her mind wrapped around like, why would I want to have this digital QR coded pet ID tag? I mean, I've already got a tag that's got my name and my phone number on it. And then he's got a microchip, so he doesn't need anything else. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this conversation, this conversation that was taking place in the industry was always circled around that ID tag that has been from the, since before the civil war, simple one name, one phone number, you know, metal ID tag and microchips. And that was the only conversation that we were having about pet identification, when really pet identification can be and should be so much more. And then beyond that, that's not the only part about keeping your pet safe. And so there was all these things about, you know, keeping your microchip up to date and having an ID tag. But beyond that, it's about training and it's about health and wellness and about anxiety treatment and, and, and mitigating anxiety issues. And it's about Houdini proofing your home and how you have travel tools that are keeping your pet safe and all these different aspects that go into keeping your pet from getting lost in the first place and then being prepared if they do get lost to find them quickly. So many of us, if we're not thinking about it ahead of time, we'll be caught flat-footed should our pet go missing. And time is of the essence when your pet does go missing. So we wanted to provide just basically a month long of education for all those tools and resources so that you are prepared for the worst. Yeah. So a lot of times these these stories come from some kind of tragedy and I'm almost afraid to ask, but did you have an experience of a lost pet that led to this or what, 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 what made you become Pet Hub? Right. Well, it's actually not my story. I mean, I actually have had lost pets in my life. And, and thankfully, all of them have turned out for the best, but they've all been nerve wracking and, mm. uh, and deeply upsetting at the time. But thankfully, all of them came home. And the story is Tom's story, Tom Arnold, my, my husband. His story is actually what started Pet Hub because he started Pet Hub and then I came along about a year later. But it actually stemmed from a trip where he went to India. He was working for Microsoft at the time and he was uh, leading a project that they needed done in India and they told him he was gonna be gone a month. So he secured uh, a pet sitter and all the services that he would need for a month for his two cats. And then he went to India. While he was there, Microsoft said, oh, hey, you mind staying an extra two months because we really need to do this extension on this project. And if you don't mind, we'd, we'd rather have you leading it having to bring in somebody else. And so he said, absolutely, love it until he started to try to manage things back home in the States. And he realized it was so difficult and so complicated to be able to co communicate with a sitter who could not extend the contract beyond a month because they already had gigs for the previous, for the next months. And then trying to find a pet sitter, trying to get the information about medical stuff to the pet, the new pet sitter, and then also co coordinate what that with the veterinarian and all these other things that went on. 
So all that was going on. He was found it very difficult and very stressful while he was in India, you know, half a world away. Right. So he came home thinking about like, this should be easier. I work from Microsoft where we just help people use all their information and data so easily with all these great tools. This should be easier. So he'd been thinking about all that. And then around that time, once he got home, his cat Taz got spooked one day and shot out of the garage where her litter box was. And I mean, their litter box had been in the garage forever. They'd never once ran out when the door was open. It was just a thing that they all both accepted. But Taz, for whatever reason, shot out. And Tom realized, oh, my goodness, that tag she has on, I don't know if that's my current cell phone number. I don't know who my microchip provider is. I don't even know how I'm supposed to update that information or how old it is. And I know it's from three condos ago and a phone number ago when I first got it uh -oh. for her. And so he had this panic of, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like if somebody does find it, they're not going to find me because it's not connected to any current information. And then he was scrambling, trying to find a picture of her. He didn't know where the last picture of her was. And, and, and this is, you know, this is pre big, huge Facebook thing. So if you just go to Facebook and grab a picture, trying to figure out where it was going to be and what am I, where am I supposed to call? What are my local shelters? It was just all of this panic of, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And he came back to this idea that he had had while he was in India, this should be easier. And so he said, all right, that's it. I've got to do something to help pet parents like me have all that information in one place. So when I need to do things for my pet that are critical, I know where to go. And I have that all in one place. So that's what started um, Pet Hub. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. So I want to, I'm, I'm curious to go back to this. So by the way, by the way, the cat came home. I got to always say that because people always cat. share oh, like, yeah. Did the cat home. The cat came home at like 4 a.m. the next morning. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm curious to go back to, to back to this, uh, uh, husband, wife, this like married team. How has that yeah. been for you guys? Well, it's honestly, I think it's made our relationship stronger. In fact, the proof is in the pudding. We were just dating when he came up with the idea. Oh. Uh, when he first yeah. came up with the idea, when he was in India, we hadn't even met yet. Uh, but he hadn't done anything with it. He'd just been thinking about it, you know, banding it about with some of his colleagues at, at uh, Microsoft at the time. And then um, we had just started dating, I don't know, maybe a month or two. And he, we were on a car trip and he said, hey, Lorian, I'm, I'm thinking about this idea. I'm thinking about creating this thing. And he told me the story about India and Taz getting lost and everything. And he says, what do you think about this idea? And I said, so it's like a hub for your pets. He's like, oh my God, that's like the name mm -hmm. of the, the website that I just bought. And I was thinking about calling the company Pet Hub. And I was like, well, there you go. And so um, he left Microsoft and worked uh, on it with, with a small team out of UW. And along the way, kept bringing ideas home. We eventually had moved in together. And so still I was separate. I was, I had my day job, you know, yeah. and he would bring yeah. home ideas and bounce them off of me and I would give him feedback. And then that got a little bit more involved uh, with me giving feedback. And at some point I said, Hey, you know, as I'm stuffing envelopes for these first customers that, that they were getting for the first beta tests, like, Hey, you know, you could pay me for this. Cause I was actually looking for a career change at the time I was in uh, education doing not only classroom teaching, but also a lot of curriculum development and alignments with state standards and all this, you know, government ilk that I was not really mm -hmm. having fun with. Um, and I said, you know, you could bring me along because my background had been in design and, and um, the arts and things like that. And so he said, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. And then a couple of weeks later, I got an official letter inviting me to join the Pet Hub team, oh. <laughs> which was very cute seeing as how we were li living together, but it was it was endearing. 
And so I did. I joined PetHub working on their marketing and customer service. And so that it just kind of grew from there. And then, um, you know, our relationship only got stronger. Now, we had to learn <laughs> a lot about communicating with each other um, and, a and, you know, how to have that separation. We have a couple of cues that we give each other. Um, you know, some are private that I won't share here, but we have like one, for example, when we are both ready to be done with work for the day, we literally say, hey, honey, I'm home. And that is huh. like, absolutely, you may not talk about anything related until the next day and work begins. Oh, like, wow. hey, honey, I'm home. Yes, please stop talking about work and, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. So we've had to learn a lot of things along the way to um, for communication. But it's actually been ex really a great experience. It's, it's, it's been challenging, but it's also been really fun. Yeah, I love that, hey, honey, I'm home, like boundary time box container, whatever it's called. But you have to, otherwise it consumes your entire life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah, that can be a good just, idea in general for remote employees too. Uh, any, anyone who's working remotely in your, your home and your office are sort of blended and Slack is on a bunch of different time zones, you know, whether, whether or not you're married to a, you know, a co-founder or something like, Oh yeah. Well, and you guys probably experience this a lot with Clearview because yeah. you guys are spread to literally every went every direction of of the world. I mean, and we only have employees in in three of the four U.S. time zones, but we already see that that yeah. like so. Hey, just because I'm working at six p.m. in Seattle time doesn't mean that you need to be working at nine p.m. Florida time. <laughs> you know, like like that that work life balance I think is key for everybody to learn those. Yeah, exactly. Those cutoff and, times. A, and another thing there that happens is that when you are remote and you are working together, it can become just natural that the only thing you ever talk about is work because you're on the Zoom calls <laughs> for work and then you never really get personal check-ins and personal updates and then that starts to fall away. So you really have to keep that intention. And yeah. like, hey, so let's talk about personal stuff for a while. Let's leave the business and just, how are you? What's what's up with you right well, now? We actually <laughs> do, we have two things that we do here at PetHub because we are a, a, a very remote team. Only only about a third of our team is actually here in Wenatchee, Washington. How big is your team? Uh, we are 15. 15, okay. Yeah. And um, so we have two things that we do regularly. We have random um, random coffee talks. Like, so in our, we have the Slack, it's a Slack thing that you can do. And it says, I think it says random acts of virtual coffee or something like <laughs> that. But anyway, it's, it pairs us each week with somebody. And then we have, you know, we schedule 15 minutes of just coffee mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to talk about work during that time. It also helps us get to know the team as we grow because we've grown from eight to 15 in just the last year. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing that we do is we we're, we're an EOS company, entrepreneurial operating system company. And so they're one of the parts of EOS is to have a, a standard meeting format called the L10. It's a level 10 meeting. And the very first five to 10 minutes, depending on how how many people are coming to the team and how long how, how, coming to the meeting and how long the meeting is, is called the segue. And the segue allows everybody one minute to give a personal good news. Hmm. And so you just, and you just, all you do is you listen to the, to like what everybody else is having good news in their, in their world. And we used to like let people pass. We don't let people pass hmm. anymore because we find that like, if they're like, I can't think of anything really good. Well, then just tell me what your dog did yesterday. <laughs> and we find that we get some really wonderful uh, connections with each other. We also have a random channel where all we do is share goofy, you know, silly stuff often about our animals because we're all animal um you know, pet parents, mm -hmm. but 
it really helps that connection when, when you're all disconnected. I mean, yeah, definitely. we didn't, we didn't lose much when COVID happened because we were already so remote um, with all these different remote workers, but it, it really helps you keep those connections. Yeah. I remember, I remember the first time, like the first time I tried to introduce into a, one of our management calls, a closing with everyone saying something they're grateful for. And I was a little bit afraid to do it. It was a suggestion from my coach and I was like, Oh, people are going to think this is kind of sappy. And like, it led to like tears and connection. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. <laughs> no, it is. And, and and I'm looking at some other tools right now as I'm moving into the CEO position. I want to take a couple of things that have, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown's yeah. um, uh, Dare to Lead. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And one of the things I love is this permission slips that you give each other at the beginning of each meeting where, you, and it's something I'm hoping to be able to, to really do with what we're with what we're doing here at Pet Up, where you're giving yourself permission for those moments of vulnerability, which again, even though they're not about necessarily personal things, it does help make it more personal with you and your teammates, you know, okay, yeah. we're just humans, like CEO doesn't mean anything right now We're just humans that we're just talking about it and we're just solving problems for our customers. So right. So I'm curious to, to hear one, one story that and this could be related to could be related to having a partner that you're working with and building this business, but it could also just be something else. Some Something in which you had a personal growth or transformation experience that impacted the business and or vice versa, something that occurred in the business that really impacted you as a human. Uh, there's been a lot, actually. Um, so when I first started, um, I had a, I dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome. I would sit in the room surrounded by men and all of them had a computer science degree or a, a master's in business, you know, an MBA. And I would listen and I would feel very overwhelmed and very much like, I, what am I doing here? And at that time, you know, I, 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 I wasn't a C-level at that time. And I was just, you know, managing and directing the marketing, but it was I had a hard time like being willing to stand up and say things. So I would sit in these meetings a lot of times. And when I would talk, I would get a lot of, of angst and passion. And, and it was overwhelming to the gentleman I was in the room with. And it was really not very uh, conducive to, to getting things done. So I would do a lot of things on the back end and then come and show what I could do. And I was really big into showing my value rather than in this, these meetings, really being able to, to have these big, open, vulnerable discussions mm -hmm. with these folks. So I did a lot of um, work on the business and I was definitely moving things forward for the business and very proud of what I did. But then I went and joined a group called Women in the Pet Industry Network. I'm pretty much a, a, a pushing from some friends of mine in the industry. And I, they, they had a lot of really great interactions with each with other women and it just kind of bouncing things off of each other. And I realized that a lot of women had the same situation that I did that even though they were really doing the bulk work of a lot of what was driving their company, when they sat down in that boardroom with a bunch of men uh, who had a lot of titles behind their names, they felt very intimidated. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I was surrounded by people in the tech industry, not really in the pet industry. And the tech industry is very male heavy. Yeah. And so um, I got a lot of advice from those ladies and everything. And then one of the things that um, I was pushed to do by my friends was to um, apply for the Women in the Pet Industry Network Award. 
And it was a long process. You have to go through a lot of different Q&A and review and everything. And you have to really dig deep and just really get a lot of of who you really are out there um, as they evaluate. And then it's put out there for judging and evaluation stuff. And I really, I was really excited about the process that you went through to answer all these questions and then to do the Q&A and all that. It really helped me dig deep and find a lot of confidence in myself as I was doing like, oh my gosh, I really am doing this. This is awesome. And it really proved to myself how much I knew. I was shocked when I actually won (laughs) the award. Um, And uh, it it was amazing. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was, what it was, was a validation for not only myself, but also validation within the company. So that was kind of a turning point for me, not because I was any more talented or any more valid in what I was doing, but it, it really helped me get over that feeling of I'm a fraud. Right. And it helped me be much more confident. And it, it shifted the way I dealt with everything um, in the company. And it really helped the company in so many ways, not because, of the, again, not because of the title, but because of what it did for me and helping me, you know, put myself out there more, being willing to take more risks, being willing to, to speak up, but also being confident that, you know, okay, I could be wrong about these, about these things, but I also have a very valid opinion here. So I'm going to share it. So anyway, it was just really instrumental. I mean, there's a lot of things along the way that were, that have been like that, but it's a huge growth moment for me. Yeah. And it was, you know, made, made me feel like a grown up. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious real. about that, that particular moment when you first heard about the award, and I'm sure some resistance mm-hmm. set in, and some, you know, oh, that yeah. complex showed up and you're like, No, that couldn't be me. I'm curious about the moment of transition that you experienced between uh, there's this award, and I'm not good enough for it to I can apply for this. And I'm good enough to, to put in this effort and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it, if anything, it was that moment when I realized, you know, I I was very successful all the way through college. I mean, I went to college early, and I was, you know, was was top of my class, and went to grad school, and was extremely successful with what I did in grad school, and got snapped up right after, and like all these all these different things. Like every moment up until I got into the technology industry, the tech industry. I've always felt confident and like I knew what I was doing. I knew that I was, you know, that I was one of the people in the room who could make a difference. Mm. And I enjoyed making a difference. But so I think a lot of it was actually like pulling back from my past and going, okay, just because you don't have a degree next to your name that says that, that you're an expert at this doesn't mean that, that you're not bringing something really valid to the table. And in this case, at when we started PetHub and in the early days of PetHub, I truly was our ideal customer. I was the customer. I knew the customer because I was the yeah. customer. Now, now, now I'm kind of too old to be our customer. Our customer's <laughs> about oh, eight, nine, 10 years old, younger than me. But at the time I was the ideal customer. And so I knew that, but I also was seeing, I was talking to the clients. I was talking to our customers and I was seeing what with the, the light bulb moments, I knew what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. And so I think the moment for me was just remembering that I had it in me and like, you know, what do I have to lose? Like really, truly, what do I have to lose? Um, I mean, I guess there would be the embarrassment factor if I, if uh, I was, you know, didn't make it at all, but then I don't, you know, they didn't list like everybody that applied. They only list the top 25. Yeah. They're like here and here's the losers. 
<laughs> like you're the loser. I mean, like, like, so like if I apply, I, you know, and I, you know, a couple hundred women and I got chosen as chosen as a top 25, like already, like I could, when I actually got chosen for this finalist, I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. that's, I was, I was blown away. I was like, really? Holy crap. That's amazing. Um, but I think it was just that moment of going, okay, you know what? You've been successful up until now. I don't know. I don't know why I have lost that confidence that I would be successful now. Other than that, I was in a brand new industry that I had no quote training. So I didn't have that resume behind me that the gentleman in the room had behind them. How did, how did that process of coming through and, and applying shift your perspective regardless of whether, whether or not you won? Yeah, it's hard to remember now. Um, I, I think, like I said before, it's, it's really just more about that that validation and actually having to write out, you know, because they were asking some pretty in-depth questions about you mm. as a leader and where you were making an impact. And you, you kind of don't realize when you're when you're in the work, you know, the, the whole idea of working on the company rather than in the company and, and everything. And so when you're in the work, you lose sight of all the accomplishments. You know, you get this done and great, all right, great, we're hitting that that milestone. Good, we hit that milestone. And then yeah. you, you've really kind of, like lose that big picture of what you've really accomplished. So being able to step back and take a bird's eye view and really say like, this is what you've done. This is where you've helped. This is where you actually led the effort. And and this is where you made a bunch of mistakes and then you learned from those mistakes and then you turned it around into this success. And being able to see that progress that I had made in those first four years that I've been at PetHub was huge for me. It was a huge learning for me that stepping back and looking at where I've been and where I'd come, um, it was a self. That process, even before I turned in the application, was yeah. a self validation yeah, that seems, I really needed. That seems like the seed for a really good writing assignment for for anyone in in our position, your position, in in the position of somebody who's feeling some kind of fraud complex or uncertainty or insecurity, and they're you know, heads down doing what they're doing to just take a step back and just imagine you're writing your own award application yeah, and just see, exactly. see what that does to your psyche. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, the thing was, I found that I was like, I, at the end of the whole thing, it wasn't just about what I had accomplished. It was about what I'd learned, where I went. And it also opened for me like, wow, okay, that nugget right there, that's where my fear is. And that nugget over there, that's where my strength is. So how can I use this strength to help, mm. you know, bolster this fear and get rid of this fear? It really opened up like very clearly where I had my strengths, where I had my challenges and what I could work on for me. It was it was just a, a great experience. And anytime I think that you step back, we now, um, Tom and I, and, and now we have a, a bigger leadership team, yay, um, as we grow, we take one time a year where we step back and we do a retreat and we just do that bird's eye view. Where, where have we been? Okay, what, what did we learn along the way? Um, and, and where do we want to go? And, and where do we see those strengths and weaknesses? And reassessing that all the time, not just keeping your head down and moving forward, but being willing to step back and look and reassess and say, okay, this is where we are. This is what we've learned. Every time you do that, that stepping back, you kind of help reset everything and get mm -hmm. so much more clarity than you had when you were just focusing on the grand plan and just moving forward. Yeah. That's powerful stuff. Thank you, Lorian. We're coming up on our time now. Thank you for your sharing and thank you for your vulnerability and for your time. 
Absolutely. Happy to be here. And, 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 and I just want to encourage everybody, it is Lost Pet Prevention Month. Please go to lostpetpreventionmonth.com and uh, make sure that you have everything in place that you need to, to keep your pets happy and safe and at home. All right. Thank you. Take care, everybody.